Welcome to the Faith Talk podcast. We're excited you are listening today. Prepare to be challenged and inspired through today's episode. We pray that every fear is dispelled and your faith is increased as you hear the word of God. Now, let's listen in with our host, Caleb Schaefer. I want to take a look at uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 17 tonight. The Bible says this, So that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance among the saints. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power? toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he performed in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all the principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come and he put all things in subjection under his feet and made him the head over all things for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things in all ways. What a scripture. What a scripture. We, uh, we in the church, we tend to focus on, uh, on certain things through the year. We tend to focus on, uh, on certain holidays, on certain events through the year. Some of our major focuses are what? At Christmas time, we focus on the birth of Jesus. We reflect on a starry night in Bethlehem where shepherds were guarding their flocks in the fields and angels show up and sang a song about about a newborn baby who had been placed in a manger. Then in the spring of the year, we focus on the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. We think about his arrest and his torture and his trial and his eventual crucifixion on the cross for all of our sins and how he resurrected on the third day. And then towards summer, we look at Pentecost and where 120 of Jesus' closest followers were gathered in the upper room in Jerusalem. And and all of a sudden, as they were waiting on a promise from him, the Holy Spirit came with the sound of a mighty rushing wind. And they were all filled. And there were cloven tongues of fire that danced over their heads as they began to speak in other languages. And then if we get into the Jewish roots, the, the, the... Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, we celebrate those as well. And so we celebrate these different uh, holidays, these different things that Jesus did, the different ministries of Jesus. But often, there is a part of the ministry of Jesus that we forget. There's a part of the ministry of Jesus that we don't think about. And I want to talk to you tonight for just a little bit about the forgotten ministry of Jesus. We talk about his miracles, we talk about his healings, we talk about all the things that he did here on the earth, and, and the Bible said that if everything he ever did were to be written down, there wouldn't be enough books in the entire world to contain it all. What an amazing, amazing thought. But can I tell you tonight, we know that Jesus is the resurrected living Lord, and, and that just before the day of Pentecost, he ascended into heaven to be with the Father. But so often, we forget that that wasn't the end of what he had to do. That wasn't the end of his work. A lot of Christians think that after Jesus died and resurrected and ascended, he went into some sort of retirement until he returns for us. 
But that's not the case because Jesus is still at work right now. He's at work right now. He's in heaven working on your behalf right now. And I love this passage of scripture because it says, you know, God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. And far above all the principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his subjection, under his feet, and made him head of all things for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all things in all ways. Now think about that passage of scripture that talks about what God did. God took Jesus and he set him in heaven, in in heavenly places, the Bible says. And not only did he seat him in heavenly places, he is far above all principalities. He's far above any other ruler. He's far above all power, the Bible says right here. He's far above all might and dominion. That means that nothing is above him. Nothing, nothing the earth, nothing the devil, nothing, nothing, anyone, no power anyone can claim is above him. When he resurrected and ascended to the Father in heaven, he was given that place and and nothing is able to say, I'm above him. Nothing's able to ever usurp that authority. And it says that he has been given, he is above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age that is to come. Now think about that because we don't even know what's out ahead. There are things in the Bible that we just look at and we read and we say, one of these days we'll find out, but we have no clue what that even means right now. We have no clue about the age to come, but apparently there is going to be an age to come where Jesus will never be conquered either. He is set high above everything in this age and in the age to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and made him head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things in all ways. So what is Jesus doing right now? Well, the Bible tells us we can learn through scriptures like this one in Ephesians and also in scriptures like in John 14, 2 through 3. In my, ha- in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. And Romans 8.34 says, Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So Jesus, according to the Bible, is at heaven at work right now for you. He's at work right now for you. A lot of people think that Jesus just took off into heaven and he's somewhere on a cloud taking a nap. He, he, he just went into some sort of sabbatical, went into a, like a semi-retirement until he comes back again. But he is preparing a place for you according to the word of God. And not only is he preparing a place for you, he is interceding for you right now. And Ephesians said he is sitting at the right hand of the father. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Can I talk to you for a few seconds about your hands? 
your hands. You see, your left hand has a meaning and your right hand has a meaning. Your left hand is the lesser hand of the two. Sorry for all you Southpaws in the place tonight or, by, or who are watching by Facebook. Your left hand is the lesser hand. It, 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 it's the, that's why in the Bible, when someone wanted to bless someone, they always laid their right hand on someone because they didn't want to give them a lesser blessing by laying their left hand. They laid their right hand because right hand is the hand of, the, of blessing. They wanted to give them a full blessing. The left hand in the Bible symbolizes separation. It symbolizes distance. In Matthew 25, the Bible says that on the day of judgment, those who are condemned will run to the left of Christ and those who are saved will be on the right. It says to, uh, he will put his sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And then I Will say to those on the left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. So the left are the goats and the right are the sheep. And Ecclesiastes 10.2 says, a wise man's heart directs him toward the right, but the foolish man's heart directs him toward the left. So the left hand is always the lesser hand, but the right hand is the hand of blessing. The right hand is the hand of power. When Aaron and the priests were at the time when they were to be anointed for ministry, Leviticus 8, 22 through 24 says, then he presented the second ram, the ram of ordination, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram, and Moses slaughtered it, and he took some of the blood and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear and on the thumb of of his right hand and he put it on the big toe of his right foot he also had Aaron's sons come near and Moses put some of the blood on the lobe of their right ear and on the thumb of their right hand and on the big toe of their right foot then Moses sprinkled the rest of the blood around the altar so when they went to anoint the priests they anointed their right side they anointed the side of authority they anointed the side of power they anointed the side of blessing Exodus 15 6 says your right hand O Lord is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Psalm 20 and 6 says, Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. So through the Bible, separation, judgment, and foolishness are often rep represented by the left hand. And power, authority, wisdom, and strength are represented by the right so it makes sense that Jesus would sit on the right hand of the Father because he is in the position of authority. He is in a position of power. He was taken from his earthly position where he was beaten and he was tormented and he was mocked, where he was treated as dirt and spit upon and he had his beard ripped out and a crown of thorns pressed down into his brow. He was taken from his lowly position here on the earth and taken to a position of authority authority with power and dominion at the right hand of the father it's in stark contrast to what he faced here on the earth but when he had conquered all down here he ascended and now the tables have turned where men spit on Jesus angels sing to him where men persecuted Jesus heaven praises him where earth rejected him, heaven rejoices over him. He is savior in authority over us. He is seated on the right hand of the father right now. And he's making sure that you have a place prepared up there. 
He's interceding for you right now. Not only is he at the right hand of the Father in a position of authority, he has given you authority as well. He's given you authority. That's why it's so important to understand what he died for. If we don't understand what he died for, we won't understand what he actually did for us. See, a lot of people think that Jesus just came and died on the cross uh, so that we could all go to heaven. Yeah, that's that's true and that's nice. Uh, but Jesus came and he died on the cross uh, for much more than that. He came and he died on the cross, uh, not just so that you could go to heaven, not just so that you could be healed or delivered. I can't go into it all tonight, maybe sometime soon. But Jesus came to restore to you everything that you're ancestor Adam lost in the fall before Adam fell he was in total authority in dominion over the earth he was in total control if you go back to Genesis God said in Genesis when he created man and woman it says God blessed them and he said to them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea those words submit as uh, subdue and dominion are words that mean control they are words that mean they have authority you have authority over everything in the earth when God said to Adam I want you to subdue the earth he wasn't just saying you're to clip the bushes in the garden he wasn't just saying you're to you're to keep control over the over the things in the garden he was saying I want you to have authority in the earth I want you to have dominion in the earth and what you say is gonna happen when God created Adam he breathed into Adam the breath of life he breathed into Adam and so God breathed his very spirit into Adam when God created man he said let us make man in our image so if man was made in the image and the likeness of God then man had the authority that God had down inside of him originally but when the fall happened we lost all that I know this is gonna mess with some people's theology but that's okay when Jesus died on that cross he said it is finished not only was the plan of salvation complete, but he also meant that the restorative work was done and everything that was available to the first Adam before the fall became available to you. The authority is yours. I know we all like to sing songs about how much God is in control. And I know we like to preach about it. I know it's a nice little thing to say when we have no explanation for why something happened. But in reality, God is in ownership and we have been given the authority. We have been given the authority. That's why you're not supposed to talk about your mountain. You're supposed to talk to your mountain. You don't just talk about your problems. You talk to your problems. God created the earth. He owns it. He gave it to Adam to steward and have dominion over it. Adam lost it and Jesus died on the cross so that you could have your authority back. Now Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven in authority, and Jesus is on the inside of you. You have the authority of heaven backing you. You have the authority of heaven down on the inside of you. That means you're on the winning side. You've aligned yourself with the authority of heaven. You win. No matter what it looks like in the natural, you win. 
If you live or you die, you still win. If people are passing you over and choosing other people ahead of you, you still win. If your home life is a mess, you still win. If you have everything you feel like you want or need, or if you don't have everything you feel like you want or you need, you still win because you're with him. He is in the seat of authority. Not only is he in the, in the seat of authority, he's also in the, in the seat of accomplishment. He's in the place of accomplishment. He's in authority and he's in accomplishment. Hebrews 10, 12 says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. You don't sit down unless you're done with fighting. You don't ever sit down in the middle of a battle. You sit down when the fight's over. You sit down when you've finished everything up. You don't sit down when there's work to be done. You sit down when it's all said and done. What he accomplished on the cross, when he said it is finished, it signified that he had accomplished something. The work was done. There was nothing else left to happen. He had successfully completed what he had been sent by the Father to do. And at that point in time, sin was defeated. Hebrews 4.15 says, but he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He had faced the devil in the wilderness, and he had been tempted in all points. Uh, we ha he had overcome those temptations, and he was victorious over sin. He sits in the place of accomplishment. He had not only defeated sin, but he had defeated Satan. 1 John 3.8, for the pur this purpose was the Son of God made manifest uh, that he might destroy the works of the devil. He had undone everything the devil ever did to that point. He had undone it. He had undone the bondage. He had undone the torment that Satan wanted for the children of God. He had undone the traps of the enemy. He had undone it all. He defeated sin. He defeated Satan. And he defeated death. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Paul said, we're not all going to die. We're not all going to sleep. But even the ones who did die are going to be changed, he said. We're all going to be resurrected. There's coming a time when we'll all live again because Jesus has defeated death. He defeated death and he became the first fruits of death. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 23. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man death came, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits. Afterward, they that are Christ's at his coming. And Ephesians 2, 6 through 9 says, not only is Jesus sitting in the place place of authority and accomplishment listen to this he has lifted you to that place uh, with himself uh, he has lifted you to the place of authority he has raised us up together and has made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus uh, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness towards us through Christ Jesus for by grace you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is in the gift of God not of works uh, 
lest any man should boot. He brought you out and he raised you up to the place where Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says Jesus is sitting there now and the Bible also says that you're seated with him. I know we're seated in this building tonight. I know that we're seated on chairs tonight, but your spirit is seated with Jesus in heavenly places. If we ever get that through our minds, if we ever just grab a hold of that and understand that we are seated right there with Jesus in heavenly places, you're not going to take much from the devil. It's not going to, it's not going to be hard for you all the time because you'll just start commanding things to happen. You'll just start commanding things to go. You have the power to command the devil to leave you alone. You have the power to command certain things in your life because you are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. You say, I don't feel like I'm seated with Jesus in heavenly places. We all got to stop asking ourselves how we feel. We do. We got to stop asking ourselves how we feel. If I ask myself how I feel all the time, I don't know what I'll do. Probably just go, go take a, an Ambien and fall asleep for, you can't ask yourself how you feel all the time. You have got to walk in truth. You've got to know that he is in authority and you are seated with him. There is nothing, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. There is nothing that you cannot do in the kingdom. There is nothing that you cannot overcome because he is in authority and you are seated with him. You're on his side. You're on the right. You're on the side of blessing. You're on the side of wholeness. You're on the side of healing. You're on the side of deliverance. You're not on the goat side. You're on the sheep side. It's a good thing to be a sheep. He has brought you out. He has raised you up to sit with him. He lifted sinners out of the place of despair and the road to self-destruction. He seated them with him in heavenly places. He sits in authority. He sits in accomplishment. And he also sits in the place of the advocate. And I love this one. I love it that he sits in the place of the advocate. First John 2, 1, my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. This could possibly be the most important position that Jesus is currently fulfilling for all of us because we all need an advocate. We all need the advocate. We need a mediator. He's become the buffer in between the righteousness of God and the severity of our sin. He has become the, the in-between for God's holiness and our deplorable actions. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. But we have Jesus as the go-between. We have Jesus as the mediator. Jesus as the advocate. Peter knew the power and the advocacy of Jesus. Peter knew it. He understood what it meant to have Jesus as his advocate. Luke 22, 31 through 32. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired you to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. That's why Peter could say in 1 Peter 1, 4 through 5, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept 
by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time Peter said I know what it's like to be kept by the master I know what it's like to have an advocate Jesus was praying for me that time that I screwed up that time that I messed up so bad I thought it was over I thought he'd never want to see me or hear from me again when I found out he resurrected I was scared don't you think that Peter was running scared knowing that Jesus knew because Jesus had told him he said you're going to deny me three times and then he heard Jesus had resurrected and he probably thought he's going to want nothing to do with me he's going to want absolutely nothing to do with me but Jesus said before it ever happened he said I have prayed for you I'm your advocate I have lifted you up before the father and then later on Peter could write we've been kept by God he kept us when we were when we were the most rejectable human beings he kept us when we were the worst when we were the most miserable people we were the most miserable followers he could have asked for we were the worst he could have asked for we did everything wrong but he kept us he didn't run us off he didn't turn us away he kept us Jesus is talking to the father he's advocating Peter knew what it was like to be kept by the power of God. He knew what it was like to have the advocate talking to the Father for him. And we need that advocate on our behalf. We do. We need the advocate on our behalf. Because I've got news for a lot of people. A lot of people have done a lot worse than the devil ever did. Ooh, it's quiet. I thought everybody had left for a minute. A lot of people, a lot of Christians have done worse than the, the devil ever did. The devil just let pride rise up in him and said, I'm going to overthrow the throne. Well, hey, a lot of Christians, what do we do on a daily basis? Uh, how many people have you cussed out in the last week? Uh, how many people, how many Christians have been down at the bar drinking? How many Christians have, have been lusting all week? How many Christians have been running around committing adultery? Hey, half the Christians that I know probably have broke ten, nine of the Ten Commandments they didn't shoot anybody this week but they sure did the other ones <laughs> right we do a lot worse than the devil ever did we need an advocate we need a go-between we need somebody to say, uh, God, don't, don't punish them for what they're doing. They forgive them. They do not know what they're doing right now. They do not know where they're at. They do not know how they're, how they're tearing their lives apart. They do not know what they're doing. Forgive them, Father. And Jesus is that advocate. He is the one who is keeping us. If you have an advocate, they publicly will recommend or support you. If you have an advocate in the natural world, you have somebody who's out there who is cheering you on somebody who's out there who is going to different people and saying hey go check out this person 
Go check out what they're doing. Go check out what's going on in their life. You have a supporter. You have a backer. You have a promoter. You have a spokesperson. You have a fighter, a campaigner for you. And Jesus is your advocate. He is supporting you. He is fighting for you. He is backing you tonight. He is promoting you. He is your spokesperson before the Father. He's going before the Father. And every time your sins are brought up by the enemy, Jesus is saying, my blood's covering that. My blood paid the price. Every time you need a healing, Jesus said, the blood paid for that. The blood's covering it. Every time you're in bondage and you need to be free, Jesus says, my blood sets them free. Your advocate is right now seated in heaven with the Father and he's speaking to the Father on your behalf. What a thought that we're being kept by Jesus. He's praying for you. He's interceding for you. He's fighting for you right now. What a thought. Every time you mess up, Jesus just looks at the Father and says, don't punish them for that. They're under my blood. They're under my blood. They're under my blood. My blood's covering them. Oh, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. And thank God for Jesus sitting at the right hand saying they're going to be okay. The blood's covering it. The blood's covering it. Paul said in Romans 5.10, for if when we were enemies, you were an enemy of God at some point, you were his enemy. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall all be saved by his life. We're being saved because he's alive. He's saving us right now because he's sitting at the right hand of the father. At the stoning of Stephen in the Bible, Acts chapter 7 says that Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. What a blessing that he's on the right hand of God for us tonight. What a blessing that he's right there and he's fighting for you. He's fighting every accusation that the devil's trying to bring. He's fighting Every time you sin, every time you mess up, he's, he's advocating for you. He's calling on his own blood. He's calling out on his own blood, saying they're covered. He is at the right hand of God in the place of authority. He's in the place of accomplishment, and he's in the place of advocacy for us. Can I tell you tonight, everything you need has already been accomplished by Jesus. It's already been accomplished. Nothing that you have need of has not already been done. The price has been paid. The fight has been won. You don't have to try to get it yourself. Jesus has already made a way for you to have it. And not only has he made a way for you to have it, he is in authority to get it to you. Not only is he in authority to get it to you, he is an advocate for you before the Father for it right now. Everything you need is at your disposal because of his position right now, where he's at. You don't have to go another day without peace. You don't have to go another day without hope. You don't have to go another day without being healed. You don't have to go another day in that bondage. He wants you out of bondage more than you want yourself out of bondage. He's seated at the right hand of the Father right now making intercession for you. He's talking to the Father about you right now. 
He's saying good things about you in the presence of God and in the throne room of God right now. Jesus is talking about you. He loves you so much and he's keeping you right now. He's alive and well, and he's at work right now. He didn't go somewhere to sleep. He didn't go somewhere to rest or retire. He went to the most important place, the highest place that he could have gone, and he went there so that he could help you. He went there so you wouldn't have to be alone through this thing called life. He went there so that you wouldn't have to fight alone. He went there so that he could keep you, so that he could fight for you, so that he could talk to the Father about you. If you've been wandering, if you feel like you've been too bad and done too much for God to care about you, it's time to come to the advocate tonight. If you're scared and you don't know where to turn, you have someone who said he would fight for you. He would intercede for you. If you don't know if God even loves you, I can tell you he loves you more than you could ever imagine. And he loves you so much that his son is at his right hand right now supporting and advocating for you. If you're troubled and you're hurting, you can come to him because he's working for you. He's not unaware of what's going on in your life tonight. He hasn't turned a blind eye to what you're facing right now. He's very involved. He is interceding for you. You don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to fear anymore because he is with the Father right now keeping you. When you understand that he is right there in the Father's ear at all times about you, you will not have to worry about a lot of the things that you worry about. You won't have to worry about it when you pray. You just pray and let him know what's going on and you know that he's talking to the Father about you. You know he's right there in God's ear. You know that he's listening. There might be someone you've been praying for right now. I can tell you that in this place, every single person in here is fighting some sort of a battle. It's a proven fact. We're all fighting a battle. Every single person is dealing with something in their life right now. There might be somebody you're praying for. There might be something that you're believing for for yourself. It might be someone that you know and love that's sick. It might be a healing in your own body that you need. It might be something with your job or your family that you're believing God will touch. It might be a heartache that just won't go away. It might be depression or fear or worry. It might be regret from your past. It could be anything at all. But tonight you have an advocate in heaven. He is in the position of authority and he has accomplished every single thing that he was sent to do. So all we got to do tonight is trust him. We just got to trust him. Don't wait another second because he's right there speaking to the Father for you. He's right there. It's time for us to rest in the work that Jesus has already done for us. It's time for Christians to stop going around being so beaten up by the devil that they can't even function when Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father in the place of authority and he has seated you there with him. You'll stop letting the devil beat you up when you understand that he's under your feet. Because the Bible says he put all things in subjection under his feet. And then the Bible says that he seated you with him in that place where all things are in subjection under Jesus' feet. 
All those things are in subjection under your feet. So stop letting the devil beat you up and tear you down. You'll stop fighting those things that we all fight in life and we'll understand that we're in authority over those things. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what its name is. It doesn't matter what you've been told. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. You are in authority over that thing. It's time for us to get past those things so that we can focus on the things that really need our attention. We really need to focus our attention in the right places. If we're gonna be effective, we need to focus our attention in the places that matter. You cannot be a businessman and have a focus that's completely different than what your business runs. If you have, this is just a carnal example, if you have a steakhouse, you can't be worried what the Asian buffet down the road is doing. You gotta worry about your steak. And that's what a lot of the time we do in the church is we get our focus on everything else and we get our focus on what's going on in the world. We get our focus on our problems. We get our focus on all sorts of things and we forget about reaching the lost. We forget about edifying the church and building up the body of believers and making disciples. We forget about the things that really matter, the things that Jesus said we needed to do. We forget about those things because the devil has had us so wound up in our own problems for so long. But when we realize that we are seated with Jesus in that place of authority when we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places and all things have been put under his feet and made subject to him and he has been given the name above every name not only in this age but in the age to come we will understand that we don't have to let those things bother us they might be there it might be a fact it might be a fact that the doctor said you have something it might show up on a scan it might show up and they might say you absolutely have that but can I tell you tonight, truth always trumps fact. The fact might be the doctor said you have it. It's on the scan. The tests all came back that you do. But the truth is that you're seated in heavenly places above that thing. And that thing is subject to you. You command that thing and you tell that thing what to do. It doesn't tell you how you're going to live the rest of your life. You tell that thing to get out. Whenever something comes up and you're distressed, Whenever something feels like it's going wrong, just know that Jesus is in heaven right at that point, right at the right hand of the Father, talking about you. He's keeping you. He's saying, my grace is sufficient for you. He's saying, my blood covers them. My blood covers everything. He's preparing a place for you. He's getting your home, eternal home ready. And there is nothing that is too hard for him. So it's time tonight that we put our trust, our full faith in the one who's fighting for us. The one who saved us and who's keeping us. The one who's supporting us. You have somebody cheering you on tonight. And he's not just cheering you on from the sidelines. He's cheering you on from the throne room of God. He's cheering you on from the highest place. And I don't know, the highest place anywhere. Not even in, just in the universe. The highest place anywhere. The throne room of God. You can't get any higher than that. You have an advocate 
in the CEO's office. You have an advocate in the highest office anywhere. He's praying for you. You can make it. You can make it. Whatever you're fighting, whatever you're dealing with, you can make it. No matter what you have going on in your life, you're more than a conqueror. And you have a father who is providing everything that you need. So don't get discouraged. Don't get afraid. There is a savior who is advocating for you. He's alive and well, and he's working on your behalf tonight. Amen. Stand your feet with me in this place. I'm going to open the altars if you need to come and pray and say, you know what? I've been worried. I've been fighting a long time. If there's something that you just need to command to move on, there are a lot of things that we just need to command to move on out of our lives because they have no place there. And tonight you have a seat of authority that allows you to do that. You are seated with him in heavenly places. He is at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for you, talking to the Father about you right now. If you need to come and pray, I want you to know these altars are open. I will agree with you. I'm going to say a prayer. As I pray, you can come up, and we'll agree together. Father God, tonight, in this place, I thank you that there is an authority in heaven right now speaking our name bringing us up before the Father, that Jesus, our advocate, is right now at your right hand, God, and he is speaking on our behalf. He's interceding. He's praying for us. He is, he is calling out our name, and he's covering us in his own blood right now. God, I thank you that he is in that seat of authority. And I thank you that he's in the seat of accomplishment, that everything's been done that needs to be done. There's not one thing left that he has to finish, but he did it all. He paid for it all. Whatever it is that we need, he's got it done. And God, I thank you that he's in that position of authority. He's in that position of accomplishment, and he's in the position of the advocate. And God, tonight, I pray that every single person in this place will realize that they have an advocate before you, God. They have an advocate before the Father, and that he is interceding for them and there is nothing that they can't make it through there's nothing that they can't fight through there's nothing that they have to worry about because god he has already done it all and he is at your right hand god tonight i pray that we will learn to begin to command things that we will begin to learn to speak to things and god command things to come and command things to go command things that are not of you to leave and command things that are of you to come to us God tonight I pray that if there's anybody in bondage that it will go in the name of Jesus that the intercessor that is sitting at your right hand God will will call out their name before you and God that they will be free tonight because they're seated in heavenly places with him God tonight if there's any bondage if there's any mental Torment. Tonight, it's got to go. We command it to go by the authority of Jesus Christ. Tonight, if there's sickness, we command it to go by the authority of Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that tonight, tonight, we are free people. We are a free people tonight. We're no longer in bondage. 
But God, we walk in total freedom and victory over every single thing. God, tonight, grant peace to those who need it. Grant joy to those who need it. Restore everything that the enemy has stolen. And God, I thank you that he's under our feet. And that he is subject to us. We are not to be tormented by him. But he is subject to us tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray right now the sinner's prayer. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to know him. Because if Jesus comes back today. You will not go to heaven unless you know the Lord Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. So pray this prayer with me if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ and invite him into your life. Just say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus is your son, that he died on the cross and rose again. I ask you to wash me in the blood he shed on the cross. Forgive me of every sin. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Faith Talk podcast. If you would like to connect with the host, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. Be sure to check out Caleb's worship albums on iTunes, Amazon Music and wherever digital music is sold or streamed. If you've been encouraged today, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. May God bless you and remember to tune in next week for another episode of the Faith Talk Podcast.